Welcome to the Sam Pebbles Podcast. Our guest, Gary K. Wolf, who's a uh, writer. Well-known book was Who Censored Roger Rabbit in 1981. Your first couple of novels are really kind of tragic, classic science fiction. And then you went over to this. I mean, did it just happen naturally or did you, is it intentional? Oh, yeah. Did you think? yeah, no, I, it happened naturally. And, you know, well, the Roger Rabbit books are, are funny. You know, I think they're funny. Other people think they're funny. And in fact, if you look at my Wikipedia site, I'm described as an American humorist. But I don't write funny stuff. It just happens to be funny. I don't intentionally make my stuff funny. My stuff, even my Roger Rabbit stuff, is very serious. The first Roger Rabbit movie dealt with problems of discrimination. It was an entire new life. I mean, you actually created a form yeah. of life. I see the uh, the Roger Rabbit stuff as being very serious. It deals with a discrimination. You know, the the tunes are the second class citizens, and they're forced to live in Toontown and. Nobody really trusts them. Nobody really likes them. Nobody, especially any valiant, doesn't he doesn't want to work with them. And they're the equivalent of any minority group today. And what I try and show in Roger Rabbit is that tunes aren't any better than humans. They're not any worse than humans. They're just different. And Bob Zemeckis, who directed the movie, got that. He really got that. And I think that kind of dark undertone comes across in the movie. And that's really what I wanted. All of my all of my books, I do not see, even though they're hilarious and, and funny, I don't see them as humor. I see them as serious novels. Yeah, you have a true form of life. I mean, you have pretty much everything you'd find in the real world. So what do you think of someone who blows up a Campbell soup can and puts it in a museum and sells it for a million dollars? Well, <laughs> God love them. I mean, wish I'd thought of it. You know, again, you're talking about kind of tastemakers, and you're talking about experts. You're talking about critics. Aren't you talking about people who ridicule the, like you said, it's, you know, 10% inspiration, 90% work, and they yeah. ridicule that. I mean, they go to cocktail parties, get to know rich people, and then sell the rich people their Campbell soup cans. Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure there's some of that going on. You know, I can't say that Campbell soup can is an art. Because the fact that Warhol thought of doing a Campbell soup can and blowing it up big and putting it on canvas and painting it and selling it, that's genius. <laughs> and somebody bought it. Wow, well, that's genius. I used to live in San Francisco, and I used to go to a lot of art fairs on weekends. And I used to see everybody dueling hand-tool leather belts and making pottery, especially hand-tool leather belts. And I, I thought to myself, you know, the first person who came up with a hand-tool leather belt, that guy was the genius. He was a genius. And everybody else is just copying what came before. And I, I feel the same thing about, you know, somebody who puts this Campbell soup can on uh, on a, a canvas or, you know, squiggles of paint or Mondrian and his, you know, his straight lines. The first guy to come up with that, that's genius. He's done what I consider to be genius. He's taken one thing, combined it with something else, and produced a third thing that didn't exist before. And, yeah, that's genius. Everybody else who comes after is just uh, copying what came before.